A reading from the Gospel of Luke. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is. We live across the street from the metro stop, Silver Metro stop at Tyson's Corner. One day last week, you know, you can hear sirens and you hear them getting closer and then you hear them getting farther away. But I kept hearing sirens get closer and get loud and then stop. And it happened four or five times. And I thought, well, maybe the place is burning down. I might ought to check. And I looked outside the window and there on Dolly Madison was a car with a big dent in the front and a mo- motorcycle on its side. Well, messed up traffic big time. I was concerned about the motorcyclist. And it took a long while for them to get the motorcycle loaded up on a tow truck and load the, the or hook the car to the back of the tow truck. Police, the fire truck went off, EMS went off, Finally, the last policeman went off, and then I saw him. I saw the motorcyclist. I thought he was in the ambulance. I saw him pick up his helmet and walk back towards our apartment. And I thought, I remember doing some crazy things on a motorcycle, going as fast as I could, not wearing a helmet, getting out on the interstate, going as fast as I could, wearing flip-flops, no helmet, no nothing. And I think, why did I survive? When we look at some of the things we've done in our life, why did we survive? But for the grace of God, go why? That's the only, it's a mystery to me, because some do and some don't. I think... I think the Pharisee, the Pharisee, if you ask him what he thought of the tax collector on his way out, he would have said the same thing, but for the grace of God, there go I, and I think he would have meant it. We make a common mistake with this parable and with others. We see the Pharisee as the villain. And the tax collector is some kind of hero here. 
both of whom get what they deserve. We make that mistake in a lot of scripture, though. We, we identify with the wrong person. We aren't the tax collector. We're the Pharisee. The Pharisee's a good guy. He takes his faith with utmost seriousness. He makes every attempt to live it. He lives a life of commitment and dedication. He does good in his community. He goes above and beyond what the call is to be faithful. He fasts more than he needs to. If everyone in McLean in the surrounding area were like this fellow, we wouldn't need home security systems. We wouldn't need prisons and we'd need far less law enforcement personnel. We'd live in a much safer community, a safer world. Now granted, he might not be much fun at a party. But nevertheless, a pretty good guy. And oh, oh yes, did you notice? Tenth of his income. If everyone in this church did that, we wouldn't know what, to, we'd have to create new ministries. We'd have to create new ways to invest the Lord's money in our world. I, I, I know what, which of these two we depend on here at McLean Baptist Church. I know which one pays the bills, teaches Sunday school classes, visits the sick, feeds the hungry. I'd love a church full of people with, this kind, with these kinds of commitments. People who take their faith seriously. People who tithe on all their income. And they thank God because they're able to do that. It's people like the Pharisee who hold the community together and keep the faith. He's a better man than I am and probably better than you. But why doesn't God accept his prayer? How, how does virtue, virtue become vice? The tax collector. Trust me, he's, he's not some kind of Robin Hood stealing from their, taking from the rich and giving to the poor. No, he's, he's taking from the poor so he can get rich. Fleeces his own neighbors. He's a traitor. He's a sleazy guy. Nobody likes him. You wouldn't want him in your neighborhood. And the hearers, if you listen to the first couple of verses, the hearers are offended too. After we understand the persons in this way, how, how in the world, how in the world does Jesus praise the tax collector and condemn the Pharisee? Doesn't seem right, does it? Doesn't to me. What about the Pharisee's prayer? It's not a bad prayer, is it? It's very close to some of the classic prayers that we see in Scripture. Not much different from Psalm 17.3. I have avoided the ways of the violent. Why? Why not express our gratitude that, that we have been shared a certain lot, that we have been spared sin, certain sin, and give honest thanks to God for that? Anything wrong with that? No, no, no. It's a good and decent prayer, but 
But there's just one little problem. The Pharisee standing by himself, praise God, I thank you, I'm not like other people. You see, he gives thanks that he's not like other people. Really? Really? Not like others. Makes a very telling mistake here. His grammar is showing. Is your grammar showing? He moves from the grammar of gratitude to the grammar of superiority. Gratitude to superiority. That's a terrible and deadly thing to do, and we do it all the time. And it's such a subtle line there between gratitude and superiority that we hardly ever recognize when we stick our toe on the side of superiority. It shows every time we refuse to acknowledge our kinship with others, every time we use us and them, you know how they are. You know how they are. They're not like us. Every time we stereotype, pigeonhole persons, God's creation, every time we judge a person by their ethnicity, the color of their skin, or, or their religion, and all the other ways that we marginalize and push people off and don't pay attention to them and feel superior to them. You know, I remember I was a little Southern Baptist kid growing up in southwestern Kansas, which was about as low as you could get. You know who I was grateful for? I was grateful for the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons because I was more normal than them. You know, I could look down, I could feel superior to them because I could say the Pledge of Allegiance. I celebrated Christmas. You get the drift. You can feel it when he says, when the, when the Pharisee says, like this tax collector. You see, he's quit praying and he started peeking out of the side of his eyes and seeing the tax collector and he measures himself and he's quite pleased with what he sees. You see, the Pharisee's problem is that he's looking in the wrong direction. It's that competitive sideward glance at our neighbor that distorts and destroys our prayer and turns virtue into vice. On the other hand, the tax collector, low life that he is, at least gets his eyes right he doesn't even notice the Pharisee standing over by himself. No, 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 no. This sorry tax collector is lost in his own poor prayer. Jesus said he wouldn't even look up to heaven. He isn't peeking out of the side of his eyes, comparing himself with the Pharisee or anybody else. His eyes are straight down into his heart, which he is beating with his fist. How appropriate for a person who knows they're at war with himself. Both 
of these guys have it right at one point. They're praying about themselves and their relationship with God, but one of them is scanning the room while the other can't see anything but his own sorry heart. We always are praying while peeking out of the side of our eyes at our neighbor when we attempt to assure ourselves, make ourselves feel better, and attempt to define ourselves by who we're not like when we say, well, at least I'm not like him or her. When our eyes move away from our own shadowy heart, there's no place left to look but at someone else. And we can find no comfort in that unless we can say, well, at least I'm not like them. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Those are the whispered words of a man who is not at all good, but, but who at least is looking at his own lousy heart and offering it. Two men went up. At the end, two men go down. And the tax collector has a justified homecoming. After his kind of prayer, you can go home. James Michener in his historical novel, The Source, which is set in what would be northern Israel, it's the story of Urbael, a prosperous farmer who's married to Timnah. To that marriage, a son is born. Timnah stands at the door to her house, sobbing, sobbing. She's watching Urbael take their newborn son to the temple to be sacrificed. Why? Because, because he wants to be seen and known as a model citizen and a follower of the god Malek. Deep in Timna's heart, she knows it's wrong. It's not right. That's not what God wants at all. But a little later, there she is again, standing in the doorway, sobbing, sobbing, because this time her bail is on the way to the temple once again to consort with the temple prostitutes there. Deep in her heart, she knows it's wrong. It's not what God wants. And through all of this, she sees life in a new and painful clarity. She goes into Urbael's God room, takes his clay idols and smashes them. And at this point, Michener writes... With a different God, her husband Urbael would have been a different man. The Pharisee. Pharisee has a God, a God that's small enough to manipulate and control, a small enough God that allows the Pharisee to compare himself with his sorry neighbor next to him and then feel good that he's not like him. That's a God that's way, way too small and not the God of Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Jacob, Jesus Christ. I get the strong impression from this story that if the Pharisee had had a different God, he would have been a different person. If he'd had a different understanding of who God is and who he himself was he would have been a different person 
What kind of God do you have this morning? Is your God the God of the Pharisee or the tax collector? The God that we've talked about won't accept the religious conduct of the Pharisee. Perhaps, perhaps a, a, another way to ask this question is, which way do you look when you pray? Do you peek out of the side of your eyes at your neighbor and say, well, at least I'm not like her, I'm not like him? That's to miss the point. We don't justify ourselves by looking at others. No, we're invited to share, to, to, to peer down into the shadows of our own hearts and recognize the darkness that only the light of the world can overcome. What do you say? It's, it's a challenge, isn't it? Not to let virtue, I'm a good person, to not let virtue become vice. It's quite a challenge not to be smug in our goodness. You can go home justified this morning, or you can wander around empty. It all depends on what kind of God you have and where you look when you pray. Amen.